Welcome to the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show, episode 69. I am Joe Sebelia, and thank you for listening wherever and however you are. It is greatly appreciated. Tonight, my guest is singer and author Jizzy Pearl. Jizzy made a name for himself fronting the band Love Hate in the early 90s, and he's toured with bands such as ACDC, Ozzy, Judas Priest, Dio, and so many more. After Love Hate disbanded, Jizzy went on to front bands such as Ellie Guns, Rat, and now Jizzy is the lead singer in the band Quiet Riot, who is currently out on the road. Now, not only did, is Jizzy a lead singer, but he also is an amazing author. If you haven't checked out his books, I definitely recommend it. He's re-released three, three books titled I Got More Crickets Than Friends, Unhappy Endings, and a third one called Angst for the Memories. And these books are a super fun read with a mixture of nonfiction and fiction stories. Not only does he have these books out, he also has a latest single out called Soul Mama, which if you're a fan of Jizzy or a fan of Love Hate, uh, you're going to like this song, so definitely check that out. And as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to play the song at the end of this show. Um, it is out now on Golden Robot Records, and we can expect a new single by Jizzy coming up uh, August 24th. 2021 so depending when you're listening to this it'll be a few days or it could already be out now i had a great conversation about all of this and more with jizzy so i hope you enjoy this conversation with jizzy pearl now if you like this show please subscribe wherever you listen that way you'll get up-to-date notifications when a new episode comes out we do have new episodes come out every friday and you'll be the first to know you can also follow us on our instagram account at rnr coffee show and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook as well. I would say Instagram is probably the most active social media that we are on. So make sure to follow us over there at R&R Coffee Show. Thanks for listening. Hello. Jizzy, what's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, just hanging out. <laughs> How are you? You know what? I'm doing all right, except I broke a glass right before I came up to the studio here. And I don't know, know. Is that seven years bad luck? Or? I don't know, but I don't know the last time you broke a glass, but I haven't broke one in a while. And let me tell you, glass goes everywhere. Glass is evil. Tiny little pieces. I, and I don't even know if I got them all up. I guess I'll know in the next couple of days, right? Is, this is the weirdest start to an interview I've ever had. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> good. I, I can't say that I'm the most professional, but I do have a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. So are, are we are recording? Yes, sir. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So how you been? You're on vacation this week. Is that correct? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm never really on vacation vacation. I'm, uh, I'm working on some quiet riot material and I'm, uh, <clears throat> you know, doing my normal stuff, working on my fourth book and, uh, you know, just doing stuff. Right, right. Because you guys are, uh, you've been hitting the road with Quiet Riot. Yeah, pretty much every weekend. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, a little exhausting running from airport to airport to airport. But, uh, you know, the shows have been good. And uh, everyone's been <clears throat> really happy that they can see live music again. Yeah, that's got to be a nightmare, though, in the airports, huh? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's travel is exhausting. It just is. Yeah. And that's, uh, there's just no getting around that. Yeah. Yeah. How have the, um, have the shows been pretty packed, right? 
yeah, you know, I mean, for the most part, they're uh, they're uh, well attended, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with everything going on, you know, the whole COVID thing and everything, um, it's good to see that everybody's getting out. I'm just wondering how long that's going to last. I, no one knows. I mean, if I was Nostradamus, <laughs> I would tell you, but I am, uh, I'm not, I'm just, right. uh, happy it's open and let's hope that it stays open as long as it does. Right. Enjoy it while we can. Right. Indeed. So you have, uh, you have a tremendous career. I mean, you've done a lot of things, but most recently, besides Quiet Riot, you've got re-released re your books. Yes, and you ordered two. I did. I did. You got my order. I did, and I processed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully Your I order's on its way, sir. You know, I, I've started, you sent me the, um, I think you sent me Angst, I believe. So I started reading that a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. just skimming through it cause I didn't have a lot of time. Um, and a very easy read and very enjoyable, I must say. Yeah. You know, I, it's, uh, I'm really, it's not your typical rock book. It's not, a uh, like a, it doesn't read like a Wikipedia page of a band. You know, I don't talk about, you know, when the band got together and, you know, what was your first gig like and stuff like that. I, that's, that just smacks of Wikipedia to me. My books are my experiences as a musician on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood and some of the shenanigans that come with touring at a national level, you know, and that means, uh, you know, wine, women and song. And uh, and then there's straight up just fiction coming out of my twisted imagination. <laughs> right. And that's what's, uh, you know, it's enjoyable to, uh, to read that. And I, I was reading through some of them and I'm like, where does he even come up with this? I mean, where do you come up with some of this stuff? It's weird shit, man. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> just pops just in your head. A, I look, I come from the generation that used to watch the twilight zone and the outer limits. And, um, and I'm a huge reader myself, so I'm a big Stephen King fan. And so some of that has obviously, you know, trickled into to my writing style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like I like stories that are are funny and sort of dark and sort of sarcastic. And, uh, you know, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing when I was reading, started reading uh what is it? Shit a flute? That had me laugh. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's probably, the, that's a million dollar title. <laughs> and I, that, I mean, when I was reading that, that's what made me think. I'm like, where in the hell does this come, come into his head and decides to write a story about this? And it's the weirdest story. I mean, it really is. I won't, I won't, you know, tell what it's about, but, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some strange stuff for sure, and and I, you know, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. It comes from my twisted, weirdo imagination, and uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, man. Well, it's awesome. I'll tell you that. It, it's very, like I said, it's very enjoyable. Well, cool. Um, you'll uh, you'll enjoy Unhappy Endings, which is the third book, and. Um, yeah, I mean it's the same thing. It's yeah. just it's weirdo stories. It's it's jobs. Sometimes I write about jobs that I've done 
as a musician to pay the rent, you know, jobs. And I don't mean Home Depot. I mean, driving escorts around Hollywood at four in the morning or uh, working as a junior journeyman pornographer for a for a porno magazine and all this kind of stuff that that wasn't a day job you know what i mean so so to me it's sort of qualified as suitable income for a musician yeah now why did you um decide to re-release them now because you wrote these what in 2002 i think somewhere um over the course of the 2000s they were written from from about 2000 to about 2006 and the reason that i released them now is twofold one because everyone's been at me for years to release them in a in a physical copy and uh you know i mean people for years have been telling me that and old copies I've seen on Amazon or eBay for $200 each. And, you know, so, so I, so that was one reason. And the other reason was I was sitting on my ass like everyone else in this lockdown. And I just thought, you know what, maybe it's, it's time to uh, diversify, you know? Right. Right. So if, if a listener wanted to go ahead and get these books, which I definitely recommend you buy two of them, right? Because the first one you have no longer have, is that correct? Right, that one sold out. They they would go to jizzypearl.net and there's a website and and you know the whole order dealio and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you know, within hopefully 6 months my fourth book will be done and um and then we will reestablish the trilogy. So your fourth book you said about 6 months is that um you're working on it as we speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I, I'm I'm about 240 pages in mm-hmm. right now, something like that. And uh, so, you know, when I get downtime from the uh, touring schedule, I will uh, fix it and make it. You know, write some more stuff, and um, yeah, and then hopefully it'll be out. You know, I, let's say February, January next year. Okay. Now, do you write when you're on the road with Quiet Riot, or do you strictly music on the road? It's when I'm gigging, I'm in gig mode. And when I'm home, I am in writing mode. Mm-hmm. The two rarely come together because it's an energy thing. I've tried when I was young and I was in LA guns and I was riding on a bus, you know, on the first poison reunion tour and stuff. I was riding on a bus so I could just sit there and write for hours. Right. You know what I mean? Because I was on a luxurious half million dollar bus and uh, that was easy. But here we are in 2021 and it really is just an energy energy thing because I feel really strongly about the athletic portion of of the performance. Mm-hmm. And that means exercise, that means rehearsal, that means keeping my chops up. Because YouTube is, is just a vicious serpent mm. that that uh, bites many of my friends in the ass. Oh yeah, you do, you sing a bad note or something, that's going to be the highlight. Well, or sing a bad gig, <laughs> or fall yeah. down, or get too fucked up, or, you know what I mean? You're not allowed to do that stuff anymore. You're not... You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's like a, a a male escort that can't get it up. I mean, you're not allowed to uh, to 
do that stuff anymore because YouTube is forever. Yeah. Does that take away some of the recklessness of, of a live performance when, when you have oh, that in the back of your I've mind? had my, my recklessness. <laughs> You're done with that, right? I've had, I've had years and years and years of, of, uh, of no Facebook and no YouTube. And so it's been, it's been fun, but, uh, now I've grown up and, uh, it just, it just is, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, like when I was younger, Back in the Hollywood days, you know, Slash would be up on stage playing some jam, and I would just walk up drunk and start singing the blues. You know, and there'd be Lars on drums yelling at Slash, and 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 I would just get up and sing. And I don't know how good it was; it probably wasn't very good. The thing is, is who cared? Right? No one cared. You know what I mean? It was rock and roll. It was it was uh, reckless, as you say. Yeah. But these days. I just, people pay a lot of money for tickets and merch and, and I just feel that we musicians are obliged to not be fuck ups anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're correct. And that, that's good to hear actually. Um, but going back to your writing, I mean, when did you, did you always want to write a book or, I mean, what put that idea in your head? Well, when the internet first started in the late 1990s, there, you know, I don't know if you were around them, but there were very rudimentary websites and there were message boards and blogs. It, that's kind of how it began. And it was very open. Anybody could make a blog and post whatever they wanted. And so that's kind of how I started. I mean, I've always been writing. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of how I started my sort of public, you know, writing. And blogs turned into stories, turned into, you know, why don't somebody suggested I write a book? And I thought, well, I can't write a book. I'm not a book writer. I'm not good enough. And then I just thought, well, you know what? Anybody can do whatever they want if they really want to. And, you know, so I made the book myself. I commissioned the art. I learned how to format it on word i went to a print store and you know came out with a palette full of books right um so writing a book is that would you say that's um pretty similar to writing a song or are they two totally different things it's two totally different things songs there's a formula an accepted formula to writing songs in rock i mean unless you're rush and you can just you know do xanadu for right. 25 minutes but uh for rock it's a fairly uh restrictive process and and by that i mean verse chorus verse chorus bridge solo chorus out i mean that's how basically most songs are arranged and uh you know and i've done six solo records i have a a solo my 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 next solo record comes out on golden robot records i guess in february of 2022 you know so i know how to do that and book writing the difference is <clears throat> you can do whatever you want you can say whatever you want there are no boundaries mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. it just has to be it has to have a beginning middle and end and it has to be good 
You know what I mean? There's a lot of bad writers out there. There's a lot, just like there's a lot of bad songwriters yeah. and people that are generic and um, cliche. There's a lot of bad book writers too, <clears throat> you know, that, that within 30 or 40 pages, you can get, it's like when you put on a Netflix show you've never seen before in about 10 minutes, you can kind of tell whether or not it yeah. sucks. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so it's important as a writer especially now that I've written, you know, a couple of books that the quality stays up and that, that the, the humor remains, you know what I mean? You still got to tell good jokes, no matter, you know, how many books you've written. Right. So what do you feel makes a good story? To me, probably something weird and, and wonderful to other people. They may not get my sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. You know what? You, you get a dumb idea. Like, like you, you have angst. Um, what if a serial killer went for a job interview? Yeah. I mean, what, what would happen? How would the interview go? Where would they send this guy? What would happen when he started working for somebody? You know what I mean? And it's just that once you have that, uh, germ of an idea, this stuff sort of writes itself, you know what I mean? And you can get as gnarly as you want. You can, you can get as Stephen King as you want, you know what I mean? And, and by that, I mean, you know, full on horror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what's your favorite Stephen King book? Uh, God, there's so many. Uh, the first book he did was, uh, Salem's lot, you know, the vampire book. Yeah. Mm hmm. And that was a great book, but I would have to say it. It I okay. Think. I think it and 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 um, the, the Overlook Hotel. What was that one? Oh, uh, the Shining. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But that one, uh, the one that they made the movie with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I just, the, I just the name escapes me. The Shining. The Shining is mm -hmm. good. But it, it, I think, is really good. I mean, he's got so many good ones. He's, he's, he, he never, he can't write a turkey, I'm telling you. <laughs> Do you ever meet him? No, no, but he's, he's really, really, I, I really dig him. And other writers as well. But, uh, but for what he does, he's, the, you know, he's fucking Mozart. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go back a little bit. About, I want to get into a little bit of your your history because you have such a past. <laughs> well, I mean, you've you've done so much and you've had a fantastic career. Uh, to me, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel you know, love, hate, L.A. Guns, Rat, now Quiet Riot, um, just to name a few. I mean, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm like a sailor that has sailed the seven seas, <laughs> um, and all the adventures contained therein. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I look at what I've done over the years, you know, making records, touring, good times, bad times, feast, famine. You know what I mean? That's the life of a musician. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, so picture, you know, master and commander, me, me on the seas. I'm, I'm, you know, drinking coconut water on a beach with some dark haired beauty. And then I'm, sword fighting with a pirate you know what i mean yeah. that's that's kind of how rock and roll is when uh -huh. you've been doing it 
you know, as long as I have. You've been doing it, what, over 30 years now? Yes. About that, right? Because when, when the Love Hate album come out, came out in like 90? It came out in 90. And so you were clearly doing it before then. So you've been rocking a long yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I we spent a lot of time struggling before we ever made it. We A, we had to find ourselves as a band and as a sort of musical direction that that we could, you know, make our own. And it just took a long time. It took a long time. I mean, record deals were hard to find. And then all of a sudden, when Guns N' Roses got signed, everyone wanted their own Guns N' Roses. So mm -hmm. it was it, it was like, uh, it was crazy times, you know what I mean? Because there were only a few record deals, and we got one of them. Yeah. Now, how long did it take you guys to get that deal? Oh, years. Years. I joined. Years. The, I joined the band in '85, okay. and uh, yeah, and then learned that being in the band meant that you had to live with the band. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, they they bungee corded my bed to the top of my drummer's Ford Bronco, and uh, drove me to this this abandoned building in downtown LA. And uh, here's your room. You know, or, or actually, I say, here's your cell. <laughs> so you guys were in downtown, not yeah, in, not yeah, in yeah. Hollywood. Well, we lived in downtown LA. We our our building was in downtown LA. So a lot of that formative time was spent because you you could make noise. You could live there. You could rehearse loudly. You know. Yeah. And uh, and it was cheap to live, you know, because none of us really had real jobs, and so it was it was it was a way for us to exist, you know, on the fringes. And then, you know, at night we would go to the Sunset Strip and and do our networking and our flyering and our you know what I mean, trying mm -hmm. to get noticed. Right. And then I believe you guys became like the house band at the Whiskey. Is that we, what happened was we, we were like all these other bands, you know what I mean? Play once a month, play every six weeks, try and turn it into a, an event, try and bring record company people to come see you. That was the, the normal way of doing things, you know, try and turn it into this, you know, thing. And we made friends with the manager of the whiskey club. And he sort of said, well, why don't every Monday night is sort of dead here. Why don't we just do a jam type thing where everyone plays on the same gear and plays their best 20 minutes. And um, so we got on that on the ground floor. And from that, we were able to play every week, you know, mm -hmm. along with other bands that were our friends. Mm -hmm. But for us, it was like boot camp. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Get on stage every week in front of people at a real club. You know, the whiskey's the real deal. So that's kind of how we got accelerated learning and write a song, get to play that song, debut it live. You've never played it before. Well, we're playing it tonight. 
Does right. it suck? You know what I mean? It, it was very good for us as a band to, 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 to get our chops up. And that's uh, how we got our record deal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, so when you got your record deal, I always thought love hate was, um, I, I mean, you, you guys were in that whole scene, but I, I consider you guys like, uh, like bang tango and, you know, you guys. And, uh, there was a couple other ones that, we're in that scene, but we're almost like, where do you put them kind of deal? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's, that's good and bad. Right. You know, a lot of record companies, a lot of people in that industry, they don't think outside the box. You know what I mean? It's like, if you don't sound like Axl Rose, then who are you? Right. You know well, what well, I mean? Especially at that time. So, but we were different. We were a little bit different. We we were big fans, I was, of Jane's Addiction. And I considered them metal. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I really liked them. And I liked, you know, ACDC. And I liked Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? And, and so all of that sort of culminated in the writing of our first record, which has got elements of different you know, influences. Yeah. Yeah. I played the hell out of that cassette. I still have that cassette, I believe. And I also have a second one wasted in America. I have like a promo of that. It's a red, just cardboard covered with black writing on it. I don't remember where I got it, but I still, hmm. still have those. Yeah. Good yeah. Albums. Those were good records. Those were really, uh, we were, we were really running on all cylinders during that period of time. All of, all four of us. Yeah. So you guys had some pretty good success. I mean, you, you had popular videos on MTV. You got on some big tours. I mean, when that happens, do you think like, yes, we finally got here or we, you know what of I mean? Of course that's what you think. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody, when, that's part of the illusion yeah. of what you know getting a record deal is that you think that you've made it and you think that this is just the way it's going to be for the rest of your life you know half million dollar buses and houses and you know just make records for the rest of your life and, and uh we got a lot of good stuff and then it was over you know what i mean we just didn't we didn't um sell millions of records right right and, and I, I mean you know Neither did most bands. <laughs> right, right. So when, but, when did know. you guys call it quits? We carried on for a while um, in different, but, but people started to get married and, and start to pull away from the, from the collective, you know, when the band isn't the most important thing in your life and, you know, your wife is and your kids are, and, and that's totally natural. But I had neither wife nor kid, and I wanted to stay, you know, in the in the music. I, I didn't want it to go away, but it eventually did go away. And I think I think we we all broke up around 1997. Okay, so about a seven year yeah. run acrimoniously i might say so so right from there i mean when did you get into 
Was it L.A. Guns you got into after Love Hate? I had this. Um, I was working with uh, the Dios. I was I, I was friends with Ronnie, and uh, Wendy was working with me. And there was you know we're going to manage you, and you're going to open for Ronnie. Blah blah blah. And so I did this tour opening for Ronnie with uh, one of the original Love Hate guys and some uh, other guys. And it was a total disaster, and um, I basically didn't want to do it anymore. And then two weeks later, I got a call from someone saying that L.A. Guns was, you know, interested. And so I went down there, and that's how I got it. Just just went down and sang some L.A. Guns songs, or what they try out? Actually, actually, I sang Led Zeppelin songs, because okay. uh, Tracy Guns was a Zeppelin fan, and so we just sort of jammed Zeppelin and, uh, you know, and then I ended up on the Rock Never Stops tour on a bus playing 5,000-seater sheds. It was, it was great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was, like, it was like I was, you know, I was a rocker again, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, train wrecking right. <laughs> of my past band. Yeah. And then you recorded an album with them called uh, Shrinking Violet. Yeah. Right? Now, when you recorded that, was there any direction on your vocals, like as far as you need a sound like Phil did, or no, no, no? They, and you know, to be honest, there's never, ever been that sort of direction mm-hmm. in any of the other bands that I've sort of subbed for, mm-hmm. you know, and that means Rat and um, Quiet Riot and, and et cetera, et cetera. There's never been any. I just, people understand that, that, you know what I mean, that I have my own sound. Yeah. And that can be good and bad. You know, you know oh, this LA Guns record sounds like a love-hate record. Well, you know, it's going to sound love-hate-ish because I'm singing. Right. But that doesn't mean that I can't hit all those high notes, and that doesn't mean that I can't sing Ballad of Jane, you know, note for note. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, hey, it's a different singer and you know, you do the best you can and, and generally people dig it. Mm-hmm. Now was, um, did the fans accept you in LA guns? Yeah. Good. Uh-huh. Good. Good. Now you weren't in the LA guns too long, right? Uh, well, yeah, they all decided that they were going to get back together. All the original five guys. Uh-huh. And then you moved so, yeah. from there into rat. Well, not, not, and initially, uh-huh. I, I wrote, I put out my first book, my okay, cricket book when you did that. Okay. during that time. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, then I heard that Stephen Piercy quit rat. And so I, I got my, uh, my running shoes on and I ran over there <laughs> <laughs> and you said, Hey, I'm the guy. Well, you know, it, it took some time. They were, they were a little, um, disoriented you know what i mean yeah. they they didn't they didn't really pick anybody initially and then uh it ended up i ended up getting the gig mm-hmm. did you know those guys before that i knew robbie the bass player mm-hmm. um but no i didn't uh i didn't know the, the original guys mm-hmm. hey your first book the um artwork on that cover is i'm, I'm taking that's you on there Yes. <laughs> and is that from your your thing you did? 
on the Hollywood yeah, sign? No, it's it's a, it's a you know it's a, a dramatization of me hanging on the Hollywood sign. Obviously, <laughs> um, you know I commissioned artists to do the art for my books. Basically, I take a picture of myself and I go, "This is what I, this is me." Uh-huh. Now add me to this idea that I have, and uh, that's how it happens. Yeah. Well, the covers fit the books perfect. Yeah, they're weird, like the like the writer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know you, you've talked about this a lot, but tell me real quickly about, I mean, why did you do that whole Hollywood thing? Was that a pr- promotion or was it, I mean, what, what led you to do, want to do that? Um, well, if you lived in Hollywood and you were a struggling actor, musician, you know, whatever, the Hollywood sign is a, is a very iconic thing, you know what I mean? Something about it, it, it's 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 like a magnet for people to come out to uh, Los Angeles to sort of seek fame and fortune, and, and, and at least it was to me because I used to see it all the time. Yeah, and I just thought after years of struggle and not making it, maybe what it took to make it in Hollywood was a, was a good old-fashioned blood sacrifice. <laughs> so uh, I originally wanted all four of us to hang on the sign, you know, four, oh, four crosses. Yeah. But uh, that didn't work out. It ended up being a little me. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, the, this, this, this story is funny. And, and it, it was very, you know, in retrospect, dangerous thing to do. I mean, I could have fallen I would say to my so. death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how were you, I I've seen video clips of it. Um, but I don't remember it back in the day, to be honest with you. I don't remember that happening. I don't know if it just didn't get a lot of press in the metal edge. Oh, magazines for and all for that. a day. I was, uh, I was Gorbachev. <laughs> how were you seeing the video? I mean, if they didn't come get you, how were you planning on getting down from there? I couldn't get down. <laughs> you didn't think that out? No, no. I mean, I this how it happened is when we put the cross up and I hung on it, I assumed that this is just so blatant a display. I figured I'd be, you know, half hour, you know, and 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 you know, till I was discovered and it it took hours. It was the weirdest oh, thing. And then they finally all came because they, somebody had, I don't know, somebody thought I was a suicide jumper and they all wanted to get the, you know, the faces of death shot. Yeah, of course. And they were all, you know, disappointed when they found out that it was just, you know, some musician on a mission. (laughs) What year was that? When did you do that? 92. So you guys were well established with Columbia. I mean, what did they think of that? Did did you get any uh, feedback from them or they, they hated it? They oh. they really hated it. <laughs> oh, I bet. Hate is it hate is hate is a strong word. Did you get called into the office? No, no, <laughs> but look, we weren't selling records. You know, our our there was a lot of they didn't know how to market us, you know what I mean? Cuz yeah. we weren't we weren't your typical warrant, you know what I mean? We weren't like that 
we we weren't we weren't cherry pie you know what i mean yeah. we were different and um they didn't know how to market us and so you know at that time it was just a thing of, of we we did it partly to kind of resurrect everything to kind of you know put us back on the map and and columbia records being the conservative label that they are they just they were you know not pleased yeah yeah so when you're when you're joining these bands la guns rat and now quiet riot i mean do you feel a lot of pressure to uh step in for some of these singers because i mean pretty much all three of them are pretty legendary singers in the rock world well um speaking for the quiet riot thing you know the the, the vocals are, are really hard yeah i mean as far as you know hard vocals and uh so yeah i mean it is challenging it's yeah. been challenging and, and it gets more challenging all the time and uh yeah of course there's yeah it's incumbent upon me to sing these songs the way people remember them and that means hitting all those fucking notes yeah, yeah. i'm not allowed to sing an octave lower like elvis you know what i mean i'm just not because a i just can't do that anyway because it's just my pride would 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 kick me in the ass and two i'm not the original guy i'm the guy that's replacing you know the guy so i have to you know do the best i can so yeah there there's it's not not pressure so to speak it's more pressure that I put on myself as sure. discipline and, um, and, you know, just trying to, to stay skinny, you know, because mm -hmm. time munches on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now you were in quiet riot in, in, you know, previously and then left, I believe. Right. Yes. And then you came back. Did they ask you to come back or, I mean, how'd that work out? They did ask me to come back mm -hmm. and, uh, and Frankie, I, I heard Frankie was sick, and that's when, he, obviously, he was going through all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and so, you know, I came back and um, got to do some shows with Frankie before he passed, and it was it was killer. Yeah, yeah. That was a tough loss. That was, uh, you know, he... Yeah, you know, because he, he, was, he was a very vibrant personality, you know what I mean? He was... When we when when we had to catch a connecting flight, he was. It was like he was one of those power walker guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That guy had limitless, boundless energy all the time. I mean, he was the tour manager. He was the manager. He was the travel agent. He was. He did everything for that band. Mm -hmm. And you know, and um, so yeah, it was it was sad when 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 um he got weak and, and and couldn't do it anymore it was it was yeah it was it was fucked up yeah yeah that's a tough thing to see somebody go through i have um the drummer that i used to play with he had pancreatic cancer at the same time that frankie had it and he passed away not too long ago and it, um seeing him go through that was just it was not good yeah i mean you know uh, cancer is terrible i mean if you've the older everyone gets, the more 
people have to face that um, inevitability in their family. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bummer. It's happened to me. It's, it'll happen to everybody. Yeah. Now, did you guys have that discussion about keeping quiet riot going? Yeah, they, they talked about it a lot mm-hmm. that Frankie wanted to, uh, you know, continue the legacy and, um, and because this leads into the whole Rudy Sarzo thing yeah. is that him and Rudy were such close friends that Rudy now is picking up the torch. I mean, sounds corny, but he's picking up the torch. No, yeah. You know I mean? And he's, you know, Rudy's coming back to the band, to his band. He's coming back to his band and, uh, and it's great. You know what I mean? It's it's great. That guy's that guy's an iconic figure. I mean, I I remember going to see the Blizzard of Oz in 1981. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And there was him with Randy Rhodes. Yeah. No. I when I heard the news that he was coming back, I thought that it couldn't get any better. That's what needed to happen. Well, you know what? It's 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 his band. It was his choice. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and he's. He gets to play his music again. I'm sure he's going to get a kick out of it as well. You know, it's been a long, long time since he's actually been on stage playing these songs. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think he's excited about it as well. Yeah. Have you guys rehearsed yet? No, we're we're that's coming. Yeah, that's coming. Okay. You know, all the stuff. It's just it's all the things that that getting back together entails you know what i mean is is uh down the pike mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i noticed i was looking at, at the quiet riot set list and you guys do play thunderbird in your set yeah of so course. that i'm sure that's going to take on some even more meaning now that with frankie gone well you know it it, it does but i speaking for myself since i'm not an original member i don't I don't want to make it more than it is. Do you mm-hmm. understand yeah. what I'm saying? That that it's a great song, and I do say something at the beginning of it. You know, not specifically mentioning names, but yeah. I mean, there's there's people in the history of Quiet Riot that are gone now. Yeah, you know, quite a few of them. And um, it's not up to me to 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 turn a gig into something somber. It's for sure. me to celebrate these guys and their music. So, so yeah, that's yeah, awesome. that's what I do. Yeah. So let's go back to your books a little bit. So this fourth book is going to come out, and we're we should be expecting the sort of the same thing, right? Fiction and nonfiction mixed in there. Yes. Yes, I mean, yeah, definitely the same sort of format. Yeah, half, sort of half reminiscence, Sunset Strip stuff, and then and then because you know, people read some of these rock books, and it's always from they don't really get the like people ask me all the time. They go, "What was it like on the Sunset Strip?" You know, "What was it like in the eighties?" And you you can't really. It's like saying, what was it like in Vietnam during the Tet Offensive? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you were there, it was intense and it was crazy and it was unbelievable. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's you, you can't tell people what it was like because I mean, some of these dumb rock movies have come out and they just, they, they don't really do it justice. They just, they just, it's, it was a great time, but you, you know what I mean? So what I'm saying in, in my books and in this fourth book, I try to tell people, I, it's like, I'm trying to put people in to the picture, like one of those, uh, surround theaters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, where you're part of the thing. And, and, uh, that's what I try and do. I try and put people on the sidewalk, sunset Boulevard, walking up and down the strip from the whiskey to the Roxy and, and, you know, what it was like and, and the characters and the vibe, you know, the vibe. And, uh, that's what I try and do is, is best I can. Well, you've done a good job, at least from the, the parts I've read so far. I mean, it's very descriptive, so it does give you that, that movie like image in your head. Well, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's real. Like my right. stuff that I write about is real and I, and I don't pull punches and sometimes girls may read some of this stuff and they may not dig it because it, it, they may, it may seem like it's derogatory or chauvinistic or something like that, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Girls were just as crazy as the rock guys, sometimes more so. Yeah. You know, I, I mean? I've heard some Girls crazy stories. Like, you know, Apache warriors on the strip, you know, if they saw a guy that they liked, they went for it. You know what I mean? Because that was the 80s. That was, you know, I don't want free love or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but that's what it was like. And so, yeah, it was it was it was very hedonistic and um, and and awesome. You know, when you're young because you're drinking and you're banging and you wake up the next morning and you don't have a hangover because you're you know what I mean? Yeah. Ready to go again. You know, not, not like now. today, not like 2021 <laughs> yeah. for sure. Right. But, uh, but that's, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, a um, it was, a it was a great time. Yeah. Do you, um, you think you would ever write like a full fiction novel? I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what's in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, because my time is spent between doing music like when I'm when I wrote my my last solo record which actually my next single comes out next week actually yes it does want to be so want to be somebody yeah yeah I want to be somebody yeah so you know I'm very much immersed in individual projects I'm not a guy that can do six things at once I've never been good at that you know what I mean Mm. uh something always suffers. So generally I immerse myself in music, writing a record or touring all the physical aspects, getting ready to tour or book writing, you know, writing stories and, and, and being a, you know, being a book writer on a computer, you know what I mean? And yeah. doing all the shit that you have to do for that. So it's, it's, it's kind of just a, it's a division of energy for me so right well i think i think if you ever attempted it i think it would come out awesome just by from what i've read of your writing well yeah i mean that's that's 
it's hard. Yeah, I mean, writing sure. is writing is not easy. Being writing original stories is not easy. Dude, you know, I, I, writing a shitty book is pretty easy. <laughs> I don't even know if I, I could write a shitty book. I suck at writing. Yeah. But. Well, I'm just I'm just saying that that you know for passing the smell test for me these you know all these this stuff that I do has to pass the smell test. I have to dig it. I have to think yeah. that it's really good. I, I I can't put out filler is what I'm telling you. Sure, sure. Um, so your latest single is Soul Mama. And I was listening to that and I did notice your voice has not appeared to change at all from what I heard. No, not since puberty. <laughs> Does it feel, still feel as good as it did when you were doing Love, yeah. Hate stuff? Well... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I I can still, you know, do the notes. I can still hit those, hit that jizzy range. You know, thank God. Yeah, thank God I can still do that. Yeah, it's it's important for me. You know what I mean? Because that's what people, I think, identify fans, if you like, you know, identify with me. They 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 want to hear that 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 voice. Yeah, the, in that you know range yeah and, and you know i i put it on and i was like um i'm not gonna lie to you i was like oh ma, here we go you know because you know a lot of people put stuff out now and it's it's not the best stuff they've done so i put that stinks? on <laughs> well i mean i guess you could say some of that is not what i would expect but again people get older so it's not i shouldn't expect what i heard before you know what i mean but like i said when i put yours on it still sounded just like you did way back then yeah it's you know it's not easy the older you get the harder it is to uh i'm sure to really shut yourself away and you know when you're a kid you can you know you don't really have a life so you can just sit there 10 hours a day and play the same riff over and over and over and, and you know drive your girlfriend crazy right but you know it's hard to just immerse yourself and 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 get get it all done to a quality that you know you know what i mean yeah. like I, I put i put 10 songs on this record but you know there was 10 more that didn't make the cut you know what i mean they're okay but uh it's important for me to keep a certain standard of of quality at least in my mind you know and that goes for book writing as well mm -hmm. so you have this is going to be your second single um there's not a full album out though right no, no, that comes out February of next year. Okay, on Golden Robot. Is is this yes. is this your first release with them, or have you been with them for yes. a little bit? Yes. How how is it working with a label like Golden Robot, which is a great label, um, compared to working with like Columbia? I mean, is it? It's got to be um, better, I would think. Well, what's good about Golden Robot is that they they leave you alone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're not in your they're not in your shit every ten minutes wanting to hear demos, wanting to make sure that you're on the right track. You know, we want we want to make sure that you know you're in the right direction, Jizz. You know, that's so be annoying. That's good. I basically, you know, played him some demos and got the deal based on just, you know, some some drum machine things that I had. And they dug it and they left me alone, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that was that I think that was smart. You know what I mean? Because if you believe in an artist, then 
you have to trust that they're not going to, you know, serve up, you know, oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, they put a lot of good stuff out. A lot of, uh, you know, people from older bands, I guess you would from say. My, from my <laughs> yeah. genre? Yeah. Yeah. From your genre. But um, that's good. I mean, a lot of stuff they put out, I, I like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not, you know, there's not too many outlets. There's there's really just, you know, Frontiers and uh, I don't know, a couple other labels, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, there's not, there's not too many outlets for the 80s, 90s, you know, guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to do a full album. Are you going to do a tour with it? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, everything, uh, oh, as far as a tour, yeah, there's, there's, there's talk of a, of a UK tour in February, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, you know, but I'm, I'm, uh, scrutinizing what's going on overseas, you know what I mean? And it's, it changes day to day. So yeah. I mean, I, I, I have dates, but I know a lot of my friends have dates overseas and, and they can't do them. Yeah, you know because of the uh, restrictions. So, uh, yeah. it's it's just a bummer. I mean, this tour, my UK tour, has been rescheduled three times already. Yeah, so it's, it's kind it's, of it's it. just it's it sucks. But you know, you just have to monitor what's going on, and and you know, hopefully everything will uh, open up. You know, over there too. Yeah, it's more of a day day to day thing nowadays. Yeah, it's it's just it's. To book a tour and to put money into it and to schedule it and stuff like that, it's a lot of work. And then, you know, to hear that, well, you know, you can't come for six months. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's, it's depressing. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel, with your fourth book coming out, do you feel you've improved as a writer compared to when you first wrote your books? Well, I mean, I'm a better writer yeah, I do. I, I it's the shit. The shit has changed somewhat. I mean, it's not as ah, it's not as Caligula ish as some of the earlier works when I was uh, Caligula. Um, it's changed, you know what I mean. But uh-huh. in some ways, it I'm not allowing it to change. I'm still trying to keep some of the some of that weird, distinctive humor darkness graphic stuff in there you know what i mean because yeah. i don't want people to think that oh he's lost his edge or anything like that but it's it's similar it's going to be similar mm-hmm. you know what i mean but you're talking about someone that's you know older now and 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 doesn't live you know in a building on a futon in downtown la you know right swinging two by fours at homeless people you know it's, it's, <laughs> right I'm, you know, thankfully, I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to getting these books coming to me and uh, sitting down and really getting some time with them. And then this fourth one coming out, I'll definitely pick that up when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. JizzyPearl.net is the place to get these books. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, if you liked what you read, then you'll you'll dig them. There's, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. So looking back on your career, I mean... Are you happy? Anything you do differently? Well, uh, maybe save some money. Maybe, save some money. Uh, yeah. You know, that would probably be my only regret. But as I said, 
doing what I do is like sailing the seven seas. Yeah. And when you're on a pirate ship, you know what I mean? It's about life experience. It's, I said, I, I did an interview with someone in England and I just said, you know, would you rather sail around the world or would you stay in your village and be a cobbler? Right. You know what I mean? Right. For me, I wouldn't want that. That would be just, you know, slow death working in an office for, for 20 years. It's just, you know, I, I'm too, I'm too free of a spirit for that. I need to be continually challenged. And so this life suits me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Play music, sing, you know what I mean? And it's all for me and it's all about, you know, me keeping my shit together and it's 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 yeah i and i'm married obviously and and yeah so uh it's all good good and i'm I'm glad to hear that and you, you've had a great career i've been a fan of all your work and now a fan of your writing so great job my friend okay sounds good <laughs> all right man so jizzypearl.net people can get your books there um and they can catch you out on the road with Quiet Riot. I think you got some shows coming up next weekend. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And through basically through 2021 and beyond. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, Jizzy. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with me a little bit about your books. And, uh, you know, like I said, definitely going to look forward to that fourth one. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, e- email me privately and, and let me know when this is going to be out and so I can, you know. Sure. Hey, you don't mind if I uh, play Soul Mama? Yeah, what? Oh, play Soul Mama? Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. I'll play it. All right, man. Well, yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you some information on the show and stuff, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, thanks. Yep, yeah, see you. Bye-bye. Come on! What's yours is mine! Dream, catch it, oh, you betcha. Sit 
that's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.